Hey, what's going on, my good people? This your boy Antoine Smithy Smith Smithy Sports Machine, the Sports Machine Podcast, Episode Forty Three, Black Monday Episode. I'm gonna also give you the coaches that have been fired, some that are waiting to become new head coaches. Um, I'm gonna give you my thoughts on the hometown Atlanta Falcons uh, giving Dan Quinn another season. Uh, you don't want to miss that one. And I'm also giving you my picks and predictions for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. So, y'all just sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride on the sports machine. But, as always, I like to thank the people, you know, that support me, you know, day in and day out. Um, I get a lot of support from the sports world. Uh, people who are already in media, um, big companies and you know former players uh, they support me and you know I appreciate that uh, because when you help other people you know the blessings come back uh, it's a three it's a 360 type thing and you know I was taught that growing up and you know I've just always stuck to that so for y'all that support me out there and y'all listening to this I just like to say thank you for always supporting you, boy. And, you know, God bless. But before I go on, also, I'm going to give you all my media outlets. Uh, they're pretty simple. Uh, you can catch me on Smitty Sports Machine uh, right here on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and YouTube. You can catch me on Smitty Sports Machine. Uh, where I post videos of hot topics. Uh, mainly Atlanta sports is what I do. But if I see a hot topic out there that I want to give my take or the fans want to give me want me to give them a take, I would do that also. So if you are on Twitter and you go to one of my videos, click on it, leave a question in the comment box, and I may put it on air. But it's it's all about fun, man. It's all about fun. What I do, Twitter is almost my main handle now. So, you can catch me on Twitter at FatBoySlim underscore 21. That's FatBoySlim underscore 21. F-A-T-B-O-I-S-L-I-M underscore 21. There's a strange reason behind that name, but don't ask me because, hey, it's been a journey, and trust me, it's a story. But... I'm going to get out of here and let y'all listen to this quick break. But when I do come back, I'm going to get my thoughts on Black Monday. So uh, y'all stay tuned. What's going on? It's your man, Raphael Haynes, a.k.a. Mr. Controversy. Did you miss me? It's a must that you keep it locked here on the Sports Machine Podcast. My man, Smitty Smitty. Yeah. Hey, we back, we back. We gonna get into this next topic, man. Um, Black Monday. Black Monday's rolling around. Y'all don't know what Black Monday is. Uh, that's the Monday after the NFL season, regular season ends. And we're going to see who keeps their job and who doesn't. 
But um, three coaches, I'm sorry, four coaches got the act this week. Uh, Jason Garrett is out in Dallas, as everyone expected. Um, he had four eight and eight seasons there, uh, which to me is very mediocre. Now he had one good season where they were one catch away from, you know, making it to the promised land. But they ruled Des Bryant, you know, Ruth did a fumble, but you know, I'm sorry, did Ruth did a non catch. But Jason Garrett could never get over the hump. He had been there for a while, and to me, he was three years overdue, and. Along with the rest of his coaching staff, he got his walking papers. Uh, but, you know, the Dallas started off, you know, very hot at 3-0. and But 5-8, and eight, the rest of the way, he's not going to cut it. Uh, in my opinion, I think his players, uh, they got tired of hearing his message. And it just didn't resonate anymore. Uh, they had, you know, quite a bit of talent on their roster. But, you know, no guidance. So, when you can't, you know, give no guidance, it, it just happens. You know, it's just time for a change. And like I said, I think he's like two or three years overdue. So he got, you know, the luxury of hanging on just a little bit longer. Um, Pat Sherman in New York, out after two seasons, 9-23 record. Uh, he had a quarterback controversy that probably cost him his job um, in 2018. Uh, he couldn't get his head together with, you know, Eli Manning. Do I sit him? Does he play? Well, now you're sitting on the street with Eli Manning, who everyone expects not to return, you know, in New York. So, when that happens, and you, like I said, it's the same thing with the previous coach. Uh, you have to be a leader as a head coach. And a couple of the head coaches that got fired, you know, well, all of them that got fired, they showed you know, lack of leadership because you have to get your team and your players to buy into what you're trying to do. And these coaches, I think, uh, it just didn't happen. One of the most interesting, you know, moves was Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. But, um, nonetheless, you know, it was mandatory that that happened also. Because I don't think he ever had control of that locker room. Uh, the Browns had too, way too much talent to be a 6-10 team. Now, in 2018, Greg Williams took over as interim coach. You know, after they got rid of the, the previous coach, Hugh Jackson. And I thought Greg Williams had that unlocked because um, he was... he changed the, you know, dynamic of that team after they started, you know, to an awful start and finished the season very strong. They ended up getting Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, and a couple of other players, you know, to strengthen that defense and that team, but they just could never turn the corner. They had one of the best running backs in the league at, you know, Nick Chubb, who finished second in the league in rushing this year, uh, behind Derrick Henry. And it was just, you know, amazing that they could have never turn the corner. Uh, they moved, they got back up to six and seven. And I thought they had an outside shot at getting that last spot in the AFC. But that, that three-game losing streak down at the end, you know, it just right on the wall that it was time for him to go. And Freddie Kitchen said himself that uh, he thought he had support of the front office, you know, going forward, going into 2020. 
but I knew after that three-game losing streak, after getting the record back up to six and seven, that um, it was over. Uh, because they lo- they lost to the worst team in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, by ten on Sunday, and they just you know couldn't stop anyone defensively. And who knows where Cleveland goes from here? You know, after getting rid of uh, Freddie Kitchens, so you know it is it's very it's going to be very interesting to see who goes where. It's just going to be very interesting. So, we shall see, you know, where it goes from here. Now, uh, Ron, Ron Rivera, uh, he got fired, you know, midway through the season in Carolina because uh, he had been there for nine seasons. It was time, you know, for a change in Carolina. Uh, we don't even know if Cam Newton, you know, is coming back to Carolina next season. Uh, he opted to have season injury surgery and they've been going with Kyle Allen and Will Greer you know this season so we don't know what's going on what's going to happen in Carolina Uh, but we do know that Ron Rivera has bounced back on his feet already Uh, he's going to sign and be head coach with the Washington Redskins who got rid of Jay Gruden and Bill Callahan you know this season after a Three and thirteen season, but I think it's a great move by the Redskins to bring in uh, Rivera, Rivera, who's uh, bringing uh, Steve Wilkes along with him from Carolina, defense coordinator, who I think is one of the brightest defensive minds in the game. Uh, I still feel he got a raw deal in Arizona, but that's another deal for another day. But Washington gets a great head coach, and I hope they change. You know, change their. Um, personnel and get the right players you know to fit Rivera's scheme now they have solid players on defense already it's the offensive line and the wide receiver situation that I think uh, Washington has to you know has to improve on Uh, we don't know where they're going to go with Dwayne Haskins Um, I think uh, he may be the future there but who knows who sold on that kid? Now, one name that I want y'all to um, think about as we go through this process is uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, Ron Rivera coached in San Diego when they were in San Diego for the Chargers. He was defense coordinator for a couple years, so he knows how to, you know, use Philip Rivers. Knows what Philip Rivers can do. And Washington is still, to me, a big question mark at quarterback. Since even though they have Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins. And Alex Smith, who I don't think is coming back. But Phillip Rivers in Washington makes plenty of sense. All they will have to do is get him weapons, you know, at wide receiver. And I think, you know, it, Washington be, would, would be vastly improved uh, just that quick. So, Ron Rivera in Washington. And we should see where the rest of these uh, head coaches fall. Oh, how could I forget Bruce Allen? <laughs> Bruce Allen, he's relieved of his duties. Uh, so Washington's cleaning the slate, you know, cleaning the slate with their front office, pretty much. They have, they will have a new coaching staff and new front office personnel. So um, I can't wait to see, you know, what happens next with the Redskins. Um, Doug Marone, last coach 
uh, on this list, um, Jacksonville. I thought he was safe a couple of weeks ago because they were talking about bringing him back. But Shad Khan wants to go in another direction, and I don't blame him. Because uh, I didn't even care for, you know, Doug Marone when he was in Buffalo. I felt, uh, you know, that it was a bad fit. But, you know, every coach needs their chance and their opportunity to prove themselves. So I wouldn't take that from them. But at the same time, you know, they will um, be looking for another coach. Um, there are a lot of names on the, you know, market that I think, you know, would be viable. Uh, names we're hearing as far as head coaches. Uh, Jason Garrett will probably be coaching in 2020 somewhere yet. I don't know where. Um, you have Mike McCarthy, former Green Bay coach, who will be uh, still looking for a job. Um, Josh McDaniels, one of the hot names out there. You know, one of the hottest names out there from New England. I think he'll be going because uh, I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, uh, they're coming close to the end. Now, I know Josh McDaniels was promised that job in New England, but with all the turmoil that's going on right now and outside interference, I don't think he really wants that job still, to be honest. So, Doug Marone out at Jacksonville, and that's going to be another interesting place, you know, to think about. Another coaching candidate is uh, the 49ers defensive coordinator, uh, Saleh. I think um, he will get, you know, heavy recruitment, and a lot of teams will keep an eye on him uh, to see if he's leaves San Francisco. But I think uh, he may stay put at least for another season to get the job that he really wants. So we'll see how that plays out. And I can't wait to see who fills these coaching vacancies because it'll have a lot of effect on how the 2020 season turns out. And one thing before I, you know, go to the next segment, uh, four teams, four new teams are in the playoffs that wasn't in there last year. Uh, that streak, I think, continues next year because uh, freshman coaches, you know, they need time to get their systems in place and implement, you know, their philosophy on their team. But when I come back, I will give y'all my wild card weekend predictions. Stay tuned. This is former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, big game James Canada. And when I need to get my sports fix, I tune into Smitty Sports Machine. Francisco Seattle game is in the indication of how the playoffs are gonna be. Man, we in for a roller coaster ride. 49ers pulled it out, got their first seed in NFC, and I think they needed it because they're pretty banged up. I know all teams are banged up at this point in the season, but the 49ers they need to heal. Uh, because they're veteran players, they need their rest. And Shanahan being, you know, a young head coach, I think he needs all the time he can get to get his team, you know, together for a playoff run. Seattle, 
uh, they're pretty much experienced. Uh, if you've been following them the last 10 seasons, you know, they've, you know, picked it up and found a way to bounce back after uh, losing a lot of key players, you know, in that secondary, uh, which is, which was one of the best that, you know, I've ever seen, you know, in the NFL. Uh, but they would travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And they met in week 12, and the Seahawks won that game. Uh, Russell Wilson had, you know, 205 yards, touchdown, and an interception. Uh, not big numbers, but, you know, it doesn't take much, you know, to, you know, take a playoff game. Now, the key to the postseason, in my opinion, who can run the ball better? That is always the question. And in this game, I think uh, the Eagles have the best, you know, the better offensive line, but their secondary is just questionable. Uh, they played well, you know, against the Giants, uh, who were, you know, way out of the playoffs. And Carson Wentz has to show up. He doesn't have any of his main targets. He'll be without uh, Zach Ertz this week as well. Uh, he has Dallas Goddard, but, you know, he's no Zach Ertz, but he's a tight end that's on the come up. So, this game is, you know, to me, is tough to pick. But um, I think I'm going to go with Seattle on this one. I may be wrong, but I think Seattle just has too much playoff experience uh, to uh, fall off again. Now, granted you that the Eagles won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago uh, with Doug Peterson, but... Um, I just, for some reason, I just don't trust Carson Wentz. I just don't. Uh, he'll have a good game, bounce back. Next game, he's just, you know, mind just somewhere else. Now, don't get me wrong. He has the talents to be an MVP-type player. But consistency and injuries are always the problem. And Russell Wilson, on the other hand, great leader, finds ways to make plays. And against that Eagles secondary, I think that will be the difference. So I'm going to take the Seahawks on the road 23-17 over the Eagles. Uh, let's go to another one, uh, another NFC game. Vikings at Saints. This game is going to be very interesting. Um, Drew Brees has broken all kind of records, you know, and wasn't on the NFL 100 team, which disappointed me because uh, even though I'm a Falcons fan and I hate the Saints, I'm not going to take anything away from that guy. He's one, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. And him along with Marshall Falk, Warren Sapp, uh, players like that that didn't make the you know, 100, NFL 100 team, um, they should have found a better way to do it. They should have done it by decades. That would have ended all controversy. But it is what it is, and it's the past. But Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins are the two quarterbacks in this game. And if you know about New Orleans, you know the Superdome is one of the toughest places to play. And Drew Brees, uh, he's on the top of his game when he plays at home, point blank, period. Uh, the Saints are a totally different team. Uh, they're clicking like an engine. So the Vikings will have to come in and dominate on the line of scrimmage to win this game. If they can get the pressure on Drew Brees, which they definitely can with Everson Griffin and uh, Daniel Hunter, um, up front 
I think the, they can definitely get the pressure. But can their uh, secondary stop those Saints receivers and stop Michael Thomas? That will be the big question because uh, if you can't stop Michael Thomas, it opens it up for Alvin Kamara and the Saints, they're going to run away with it if that happens. So I'm going to take the Saints at home over the Vikings 27-20 in the Superdome. Let's go to the AFC games. Bills at Texas. This is going to be a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker, as they say in wrestling. Because uh, the Bills and Texans, defense is the name of their game. So don't look for a lot of points in this game. Now, Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson, uh, they're built kind of the same, but the only difference is Deshaun Watson has more of a pocket presence as a quarterback, which I think would be the difference in this game. Uh, the Bills have, you know, young running backs. They have a young running back in Devin Singletary, uh, older guy in Frank Gore. So they will know how to run the ball, but against that Texas front who gets J.J. Watt back just in time, I think it's going to be too tough for Buffalo. I love what Buffalo has done, you know, this season. But I still think they're missing that big play receiver, which may hurt them in this game and what may put – Houston over the top in this game. So, I'm going to go with the Texans at home over the Bills, 17-14 in Houston. Last game, Titans and Patriots. This is my upset special. Um, I think Brady and Belichick is is almost running his course. And what other coach besides Mike Vrabel, former New England linebacker, play tight end too because he caught touchdown passes but what other coach better than Mike Vrabel to knock his old team out the playoffs he knows the system he knows you know the personnel he pretty much knows the playbook and the game plan so if he can game up and figure out you know a way to put Brady on his back which I think they will because Tennessee has that type of defense you know to hold the Patriots down now, the key to the Titans victory, and I think this is the reason why they win, is Derrick Henry. A 250-pound running back, 6'3". Nobody wants to tackle him, you know, this time of the year. Cold air, uh, could be raining. Uh, he's just, you know, he is just the type of running back that a team needs this time of the year. And if you remember a couple of years ago when they upset the Chiefs, Derrick Henry was the main reason why that happened. So, I think that Derrick Henry runs wild in this game, keeps Brady off the field, and they take one in New England, and I'm going to go to Titans 20-17 over the New England Patriots, and that's my upset special for the playoffs. But when I come back, I'm going to give my quick thoughts on Dan Quinn and his job in Atlanta. Stay tuned. Yo, this is Will Walker from Will's Take on Sports on Spreaker.com, and you're listening to the best darn sports podcaster in the city of Atlanta, my boy Smitty Smith and Smitty Sports Machine. Take care. I holla. As I promised, I'm going to close out this show. 
get my quick thoughts on Dan Quinn retaining his job in Atlanta. I'm a diehard Falcons fan through and through, and I always like to see what's best for the team. Now, I understand why, you know, they kept Dan Quinn, and I understand why they also kept Dirk Carter. Uh, they think, uh, I'm thinking Arthur Blank thinks that he has, you know, he just sees something that none of us see. Uh, he's seen the team stand up for Dan Quinn, and as I said on one of my videos, that's the main reason why he kept his job, is because the players stood behind him. Uh, they started off 1-7, and, and the reason why they done that was uh, lack of execution, uh, stupid bonehead penalties and discipline so once they got those things under wraps they turned into a different team uh six and two on the second on the second half of the season uh which is pretty good but you have to um wonder how much of a leash does dan quinn have going forward and i think he doesn't have a long leash at all which means um it's super bowl of bust in 2020 or at least the NFC Championship game. That is the only way that he keeps his job. And to me, it's only fair that that is the only way he keeps his job. Because the Falcons have too much talent on both sides of the ball. Yes, I understand, you know, teams have injuries. But at the same time, you pay coaches to do their job to make the best out of what they have. And I think Dan Quinn, you know, figured that out, you know, after the 1-7 start. Uh, he started to put the pieces in place. Uh, he dropped his, you know, play calling duties, which I think that he made a mistake in doing in the first place because I think he was thinking about himself and putting all the pressure on himself because he knew his job was in jeopardy in Atlanta. So he said, I'm going to put it on my shoulders. If I lose my job, I'm going to do it on my own terms. But once Raheem Morris uh, and Jeff Albridge started calling plays, and started taking over the defense, you can see the change in their tenacity and the way they play and their ball-hawking ability. They even got, you know, six sacks in one game against the New Orleans Saints. So we will see, you know, what this does for Dan Quinn and how this stacks up down the road. But that's all the time I have, folks. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, you know, bringing this podcast in episode 43. Um, my next podcast will be in the new year, so I'm gonna say right now, Happy New Year to the listeners out there. I hope 2020 brings you more blessing and elevates you to another level, and you know, bring happiness, you know, and a positive vibe your way. So, this is Antoine Smithy Smith. Sports Machine Podcast, Mini Sports Machine, as I say, go check me out on Twitter at FatBoySlam underscore 21. That's all the time I have for this podcast. I will catch y'all on the flip side, my good people. Peace.